Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for downloading the show. And I'll take this little opportunity at the beginning to remind you, right where you are right now, if you haven't reviewed or rated the show, please do that, wherever you're getting your podcast from. I am speaking to you today from the Truth Booth. That is the new facility that we have put together here at Unfuck Nation headquarters for us to record all of the upcoming podcast episodes. So deep in the bowels of the truth booth is where the truth shall prevail. This week, I wanted to talk to you about a subject that is discussed a lot, okay, that gets discussed a lot. And my view of it is I really don't think people have a fucking clue what they're talking about when they talk about this subject. And that is the past, the subject of the past. Now, I know there are many of you out there who are very forthright and you're casting your net towards the future and you're building your life and you're revealing that future just like we talked about. Stop doing that shit. You're building something new for yourself, creating something new and living toward that future of yours. But the role that the past plays in our lives is very significant, very heavy. But I think for most people, they don't see the kind of all-encompassing nature of it. Now, I'm not just talking about the traumatic things that might have happened in your past. I'm actually talking about all of it, how the past weighs on you, how the past shapes you, how the past manipulates your view of life and things to come. And But I, I think the one that's most kind of perks my attention, if you like, is when people say, you know, stuff like they're over the past or they're done with the past. So I wanted to create something here for you where you can actually start to relate to your past and the past in general, by the way, in a very empowering way. Now, why is it important for you as a human being to have this very empowering relationship to the past? Because just as I pointed to a moment ago, the past is constantly playing out in the future that you're creating. So a very simple example of that, of course, is those people that, you know, maybe have been in a shitty relationship and they say, you know, I'm never going to make that mistake again. I'm never going to date that kind of person again. I'm going to go on a different pathway. I want someone who's more suited to me, blah, 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 blah. 
you do realize you're basing your future relationship on the one that didn't work. Like that's still the template you're using. So you're in fact not creating a whole new future at all, but rather some version of the past. Okay. That's a very simple version. But mostly how you and I relate to our earlier life, that is the things we did earlier in life, maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. If you're old enough, the numbers keep going up. We relate to our past in terms of people and things that happened. Okay, so people and things that happened. Now, when you recollect moments in your past, you have a very visceral, physical experience of that, right? Depending on what the experience was, right? Could be a moment of joy or happiness in your life from your past. It could be a moment of upset or trauma or confrontation of a deep-seated fear, right, that arises every time you recollect that memory. Mostly when people work on that sort of stuff, okay, they're trying to overcome that memory and that kind of visceral, emotional attachment. And that's where you kind of begin when you start to recontextualize your past. You start to see, like, you have an emotional attachment to your past. Good or bad, it doesn't really matter, actually. Now, how do I know I have an attachment to my past? Well, for some of you, that's very obvious. You already know that. You're nodding your head. You know the thing. Others, maybe not so much. Well, if you could imagine for a moment that you wake up tomorrow morning and you have no idea of your past. You have no recollection like zero, not even the day before. You just wake up. You don't even know your own name, nothing. You just wake up. Now, you would certainly think that if someone awakens into that day, they would never live the same life. I mean, it's pretty reasonable to expect that they would not live the same life. And that would be accurate. You wouldn't live the same life because you don't have the same things shaping and guiding you in the background of your thoughts. So whether you realize it, whether you think you're over your past or you're done with your past or you've transformed your past, I'll tell you right now, it's still shaping you. Your past is still shaping you. Even those of you that feel as if you've been triumphant over your past, it still shapes you and where you're going. So I'm going to give you a way to kind of start to kind of understand not only the way you work, but the way all human beings work, what actually goes on with us, and why do we still kind of maintain this attachment to or connection to sometimes really painful items from our past? Why do we freaking do such a thing? Well, the first thing is, you know, human beings are built to overcome. So you're built to overcome life. And many of you all know this, and it's why I wrote Stop Doing That Shit, which was my book about self-sabotage. If you've got nothing to overcome, you'll just create something that you need to overcome. So that's when you start making mountains out of molehills. It's when you start adding significance to things that aren't particularly significant, setting up little situations, little vignettes of life that you have to struggle with and overcome. Some of you are doing that right now in your fucking life. You're creating these little scenarios that you need to somehow triumph over that in the cold light of day don't even require your attention. You get hooked by bullshit. 
because your mechanics are designed to struggle its way through this life, to overcome, overcome, overcome. And what better way to overcome something than have it be something that you find impossible to overcome, like your past. So like I said, your relationship to your past is made up of people and things that happen. That's it. And you have an emotional relationship to those situations, those things that happened and those people. Anger, frustration, resentment, hopelessness, whatever it might be, okay? Now, there's a little bit of quantum mechanics in this. You see, what you've ended up with, this thing that you're calling your past, is nothing more than an emotional attachment to certain repeating memories. So you have a certain emotional attachment to certain specific memories. And so when you recollect that memory, there's that experience. It's right there, right? Might be in the pit of your stomach, might be in your chest, your thoughts might race, your heartbeat might grow, your palms might get sweaty, you might find yourself upset or resentful or angry or afraid. That's not the past happening. That's your body now responding to a predictable trigger of an attachment between you and a memory, okay? In very simple terms. So therefore, what is my past? Your past is, quite frankly, whatever you say it is. Now, I know there are the armchair psychologists among you out there who might be horrified at the very thought of that. There are those of you that think I'm talking about positive thinking or positive talking or some other shtick. I'm not talking about that either. I want you to get that you, as a human being, have settled on a version of your past. So you've settled on it. That's where you're located. You're right there with that version of your own past. And that your current life is lived to overcome it. So you've settled on a version of your past, and it's a version. How do I know it's a version? Because if you told me about it, you'd tell me exactly what it was like for you. But if somebody else was in that with you, they'd tell me what it was like for them. They would have settled on a different version to yours. Now, again, we've talked about this in previous episodes. You'll fight for your version. Like your version is the truth. When really what it is, is what it was like for you, given where you were located at that point in your life. And I don't mean geographically, I mean physiologically, I mean psychologically, I mean philosophically. You were in a certain spot in your life when you had that experience. Now, it might be fairer to say that it's your truth. That is what it was like for you. That doesn't diminish it in any way, but that was what it was like for you. But it would probably work out a bit better for you if you were able to realize that your experience was in a range of potential experiences that one could have had, that your experience was the one you were left with for sure. But you start to get a little wiggle room with your past when you realize it was one version of a past that exists in a potential spectrum of versions. 
this is a little quantum mechanics thing here. So this is a chance for you to kind of see how we create our own reality. We have no real sense of creating a reality, but we are doing it. You see, I've talked about this in not only my books, but I've talked about this in the podcast. You've become a version of the potential that you started with. So all your struggles in life are consistent. All your struggles in life line up with the character you've become. I'll say that again. All of your struggles are the struggles that someone would have if they turned out the way you've turned out. They're the kind of struggles that someone might expect to have if they'd settled on a past similar to the past that you've settled upon. So what do I mean by settled upon? Whatever the people in your past, whatever the incidents in your past, you've made a connection between them and yourself. That is to say, those situations and those people, those things that happened, in your mind, they meant something about you. So an example I often get from people is, how do I deal with bullying in my past? And it's very common for people. And the first thing I say to them is, okay, let's look at this word bullying, right? That's the first thing we want to get to. When you hear the word bullying, it describes incidents and in people, okay? But it also kind of puts you in a location on a map when you talk about the word bullying, okay? Now, again, this is very personal. This is for you to get for yourself. If you're somebody who's ever experienced that for yourself, you'll know that even when you say the word bullying, you're in a certain spot. That is, it means something about you. It means something about them. So whatever those incidents were in your past, you took something away there and stored it within yourself. What did you store? You stored some decision that you made about yourself in light of those incidents. Now, some people might say, well, of course you would. Well, yeah, maybe that is, of course you would. But you as an individual, I want you to really look. If you're somebody who experienced bullying, what did you make it mean about yourself? This is when your past starts to kind of unfold in front of you. Now, for many people, it's stuff like that I'm hopeless or I'm weak or I can't do it or I've made it mean that people will take advantage of you or I've made it mean that the world is cruel or I've made it mean that blah, 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 blah. And you got to really look for like, if there's a past that you're trying to get over, if there's a past that you're trying to shake yourself free of, you first have to see the ways in which you've kind of hooked yourself into it. Now, I can appreciate you didn't do that knowingly, okay? But you did fucking do it. You are hooked into it. But to what end? See, people are never trying to get over their past. They're only ever trying to get over what they made it mean. I'm letting you sit with that in the fucking silence here for a moment. You're not trying to get over your past. You're trying to get over what you made it mean. Going to say it again for the people in the back. Fucking listen. You, my happy little member of the unfucked nation, are not 
trying to get over your past. You are trying to get over what you made it mean. What you made it mean. Now again, if you're a listener to my show, I do not peddle and fucking blame. I don't give a fuck who's to blame. It doesn't matter at this point. What matters is, can you be happy and joyous and fulfilled and successful and accomplished and all that other fucking great shit? Because that's ultimately what your life's got to be about, what lights you up. I'll let the courts handle who's to blame. What I'm interested in is you being free. So if you start to see for yourself, yeah, what did I make that mean about myself? You'll realize that that's what you're trying to get past. You're not trying to get over what happened back then. You're trying to get over whatever you attached to it in the moment or following moments. So either right there in the moment when the shit was happening or in the days and weeks and months after. You've made the whole thing mean something about you. So if we go back to the bullying thing for a moment, okay? And I'm, I'm okay with you using the word bullying, by the way. If you want to use that fucking word, fine. But I'm going to ask you to be a little bit more precise with it. I want you to get straight yourself a bit. Yeah, but let me break it down. What is it that actually happened? What did they do? What did I do? What did they not do? What did I not do? When was it? How long did it last? How often did it go on for? Like, really, like people say, oh, this went on for years. No, break it down. Like, was it every day? How many minutes every day? Two minutes? Three minutes? I want you to really start to get a picture in your mind, get detailed, get specific with yourself. Obviously, I'm using this example of bullying, but we could be talking about anything that you feel as if you're trying to get over, okay? This is a way for you to recontextualize it. When I was a kid, I experienced that thing, that bullying thing. I added it all up, though. I looked at what the guy did and what he didn't do. And it was one guy, by the way. And for many years of my life, you know, I was praying that I would just bump into him in the street so that I could literally fucking bump into him with my fist in the middle of his fucking nose, right? I never got that opportunity. And you know what? I'm kind of glad I never got that opportunity because I was able to see it in a different way. I was able to get, here's how often it happened. Here was the number of minutes that it all added up to. And you know what the truth of it was? It didn't add up to any more than an hour or two of my life. I spent many, many, many fucking hours in the mental anguish of it, though. Many hours. Questioning why I didn't do this and why I didn't do that and why do people treat me this way and da 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 until eventually I just got like that I was driving my fucking self nuts with this shit. I'm like, well, let's look at what the guy did. Does that mean he should have done that or that he's off the hook for that? No, he's got to deal with his own fucking actions. That's not for me to deal with. I'm too busy living a fucking great life. But what I really started to see was the way that I trapped myself in the spiraling story of it, that I was no longer trying to go over the incident itself or the incidents themselves, but rather what I was trying to get over was my emotional attachment to it. And ultimately, here's what I saw. I made it mean that I was weak, that I couldn't stand up for myself. Now, if I look at my life right now, 
Is that true? Well, I don't know if you read my books, but no, it's fucking not true. But I'd lived my life with that experience of weakness, like I was a weak person, like I wouldn't stand my corner. Now, I think if you ask the, most people who know me right now, I'm like a fucking dog with a bone when it comes to standing my corner. Like I'm someone who, like if I feel as if something lacks integrity, I'm going to say it. And that I became that person because rather than indulging, and it became an indulgence, that negative experience in myself, I started to realize that that negative experience and my indulging it lacked integrity. Like I wasn't being true to myself. I was being true to an old brain pattern and an old emotional trigger from my past. And that I would get hooked and I would react. But I started to also realize that this is not who I am. So when I say to people, you are not your past. You are what you do. You have experiences that are associated that you've associated consciously or otherwise, you've associated yourself emotionally to those old experiences because you made it mean something unknowingly at the time and have continued to indulge it since. You're not that person. It's not who you are. What you're talking about is a time in your life. What you're talking about is something that doesn't even exist anymore. The only thing that's left at that time is brain patterns. It's it. Brain patterns. Memories of memories of memories of memories of memories of memories. Not the memory itself, but rather memories of memories of memories. Because that's how the human brain works. You don't have a memory. You only have a memory of a memory. And every time you recollect it, what you're recollecting is your last memory, not the thing. Is it little wonder even that sometimes when we go back and talk about our past and people who are maybe there, they don't see it the same way as we do because we're both recollecting memories of memories. So your past does not define who you are. Why? Because your past is little more than brain patterns and associated emotional patterns. That's it. That's all. It's not about making that go away. It's about letting that be where it is. You don't have to indulge it. You don't have to sit in it. You are what you do and you are what you do next. And you are what you do next and next and next. You're not defined by your past because your past doesn't exist. It's not real. It's a figment of your brain. That's it. Brain patterns. You could quite easily wake up tomorrow morning and live a whole new life if you didn't indulge your brain patterns. <laughs> a fresh start is available for you. In every moment of your life, you have an opportunity to strike a blow for something new, something unbridled, something unattached to anything, something of your own creation. And to me, that really is the miracle of a human being. It's your ability to create magic and to live that life. We're going on a little break. I'll be coming back with our question from the nation. Hang around, I'll be back in a mo.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back. We got a brilliant fucking question this week. We really do. And it's from Yvonne Marie. And I think it ties in really well with the subject matter for this week's show. I'm just going to read out exactly what she sent me, okay? And we'll take it from there. And by the way, I just want to include here, if you want to be on a future show, send me an email, connect at garyjohnbishop.com. Go to the website, unfucknation.com. There's a little form there. You can fill that out, right? You can do one of those two methods. Or the third method you can use is you can call me on the Unfuck Nation hotline, 646-450-3203. All right. So anyway, this is from Yvonne Marie. And she says, hey, Gary, I love your show. It's always what I need to hear. I'm guilty of just about everything you talk about. And I'm okay hearing it because I've suffered enough in my own thoughts. Good for you, Yvonne Marie. I was already doing the work to get free of a lot of bullshit, but your talks every week are just what I needed to further me along on the journey to freedom. My question for you has to do with a physical response that I have when my ex makes contact with me. We had a very difficult divorce. From start to finish, it took seven years to get finalized. Frivolous filings and unnecessary events kept fueling the battle, but I'll spare you the fine details. Thank you for that. My personal problem is that every time he contacts me, I have a physical reaction that started during the last two or three years of our 27-year marriage. My heart rate spikes above 200 beats per minute. My breathing is constricted. My hands tremble uncontrollably, and my mind becomes unfocused. I have a hard time working, taking care of my kids, or getting anything done when these events hit me. All of this can happen in just the sight of his name in my email inbox, a text, or a missed call notification. I know what this physical reaction is. It's panic and anxiety associated with prolonged stress and trauma that I endured with him in our marriage and divorce. Yvonne Marie, that's one way of looking at it. And I get that's how you see it, but yeah. Okay. But you go on, you say, but it pisses me off because it's still happening after all these years, 11 years since I left him. And it makes me feel like he still has some measure of control over me. I suppose he does since I'm still reacting. But the other reason it pisses me off is because I can't seem to get a handle on it. It flattens me for hours and sometimes days at a time. I was given a diagnosis of CPTSD a number of years ago while seeking help for the stress and depression I was struggling with. I should mention that when he contacts, I keep my responses to our communications very brief, literally two words or a sentence or two to respond to whatever arrangements we need to make regarding the kids. Any more than that often gives him opportunity to attack unnecessarily. Less is better when it comes to our communication. There is no contact between us at all in between visitation arrangements. He's free to contact our kids on their phones at any time in between visits. 
I still need to maintain contact with him for another four years until my youngest is of age. At that point, we won't have to communicate about visitations any longer, and I will be free of him. In the meantime, I would love to get to the point where I can stop these physical manifestations. I would love to know if you have any suggestions to help me with this. Sincerely, Yvonne Marie. All right. And by the way, I do want people to know this. This is generally how this goes. When I pick something for the nation, I generally read it once and I'll determine whether I'm going to pick that question or not for the show. I don't actually start coaching the question or the situation until I do it live, right? So I'm doing the show right now and now I'm going to coach this person in dealing with what they're dealing with, okay? So first things first, this is true of all negative experiences, okay? You'll notice in every negative experience you have, it's about you, okay? So it's about you. You'll also notice the shittier it gets, the more it's about you. And there's not many things you can say, like, kind of cross the board like that, right? That paints a broad brush. But I can say it with confidence. Anytime you're having a negative experience of yourself, it's about you. So that is to say, you are now fully, completely, 100% internal. Obviously, I already know that, but I really know that by the degree to which you can go into minute detail about your experience. I know you're just, everything's going in the way. You're not even present. You're checked out. And it's not even about answering this question anymore. It's really just, how can I get this over so that this experience goes away? And I also want you to know that that's how most people would have you handle it. Most people would say, stop communicating with them, communicate with them only through the children, like whatever. Most people would say that's how you do it. What they don't realize is every time you kind of prune back your life like that, you become a smaller human being. People will say, well, you become happier. No, you become smaller. Like what if you could transform this in such a way that actually you got, you got nothing going on about this. Does that make you smaller or bigger? I think that makes you a bigger human being. It's pretty obvious. So, so you were married for 27 years. I know what this physical reaction is. No, you don't. What you know is what you've discovered about it so far. Okay. What you've come up with here is a psychological explanation. You haven't broken it down in an ontological way. And that is to say, what comes up when you engage with your internal mechanism about your ex is a way of being called panicked, right? And it might be even a way of being called helpless, all right? It's automatic. It's right there in the moment. All you don't have to look at the email, and there it is, okay? You're actually insisting on, like, being a victim here. I'm going to pick apart the words you used so that you can see how you've boxed yourself in with language and it's turning you into a victim, okay? I know you're not committed to being a victim, I can tell by your email, but you're boxing yourself in. The language you're using is all the language of that you're helpless, okay? So I'm going to just read this one paragraph again, okay? And I want you to hear where it locates you. I want you to really listen, Yvonne Marie, where does this put you? Okay, 
So you said, I know that this physical reaction is panic and anxiety associated with prolonged stress and trauma that I endured with him in our marriage and divorce. But it pisses me off because it is still happening after all these years, 11 years since I left him. Oh, is that a little powerhouse that I hear there? Is that a little, is that a little powerhouse I'm hearing? Did I hear some fucking power in there, Yvonne Marie? I did for a second, but you're going to victimize yourself. And it makes me feel like he still has some measure of control over me. That is a crock of shit. My powerhouse. I'm sorry, but that's just bullshit. Okay? I suppose he does since I am still reacting. So... It flattens me for hours and sometimes days at a time. Okay. Mostly because you're trying to make it go away, but I got it. Because you've made it mean something about you. I fully appreciate that we all have hooks and triggers that we get ourselves boxed in. And I'm so glad you've brought me this question, Yvonne Marie, because I want you to see how you're insisting on continuing to box yourself in like this is an experience where you have no say in it like you're helpless. And I'm going to offer you something here. I assert that that was your experience in that marriage. And yet you left him. So there was the power right there. Your current experience is currently attached to him and what he says and what he does. I want you to get it now, though, as your experience. And the question is, what are you going to do with this experience that you're having? What can you do? Well, the first thing you can do is you got to really get off of that addiction of internalizing, of getting fascinated with what's going on with you. So whenever he asks you a question, you got to get out into the world. That is, you got to say, well, what's the question and how do I solve the question, right? That way, it's not about you. It's about this thing, this situation that exists between you and he. And you're a very good example, by the way, of marriages being over, but the connection must continue, right? And it does, it has to continue, you have children together, but it will continue beyond that. And you can't look upon that as bad news because you have to be willing to reinvent your relationship to him. Now, that doesn't mean to say you and him become friends or some shit, okay? I'm not saying that. You have a relationship to him right now. It's based in your experiences of him. Okay? It's based in that past that you took out of there and settled on for yourself. You're currently, you are currently revisiting that experience frequently. You're revisiting, revisiting, revisiting. I have no idea whether he knows what's going on with you. And I know there are people right now who are out there going, oh yeah, he fucking knows what's going on with you. You don't know either, okay? So one of the things that I'm always at great pains to say to people, and it's hard to get to Yvonne Marie, okay? It's very hard to get to. You have to realize you're a human being, okay? And you have hooks and triggers and bullshit. And so is your ex. He's a human being. He's got hooks and triggers and bullshit. I'm not justifying a thing he said or did to you, okay? Not a fucking thing. I don't know. I wasn't there. Okay, I'm not going to justify any of it. You get two human beings, okay? You trying to deal with your life and yourself, get over your past. Him trying to deal with his life, himself, get over his past, okay? Then there's this kind of ground between you both where you're connected via your children. 
Whatever issues arise in that ground, that's all that you need to resolve. You don't need to resolve this experience that you're having. It's natural. And I really mean that. It's what you've been left with given how that relationship went down for you. Okay? It's what you've been left with. I get it. You won't be left with it for life. And you won't as long as you keep realizing and keep coming to terms with the degree to which you're going there, right? Like, oh, there I go again. I'm going in the hole with this thing. No, I'm not fucking doing it. What's his question? What does he want to know? In other words, by listening to the first half of the show, it doesn't mean what you're making it mean. And your reaction is not to him. Your reaction is to what you're making all of this mean. I fully encourage you to start embracing your fucking power. This is bullshit, Yvonne Marie. This is bullshit. You're someone who can create calm, satisfaction, joy, power in your life. You have the ability to do that. You might not always feel like you have the ability to do that. That I can appreciate. But that's the muscle you need to start developing here. Like that place that you go whenever you see a communication from him, it's not consistent with who you are. So if there's anything that you've got to stop enduring, it's your experience of yourself. You got to stop tolerating the room that you're giving yourself to go there. It's not who you are, right? It's an experience you are having. I'm going to say it again, Yvonne Marie, you got to fucking listen. That is not who you are. This is an experience you are having. When you notice the experience, I want you to deal with the item that's coming up between you and him, a question that needs answered, an arrangement that needs made. Make it about that. Stop making it about you. This is not about you in that moment. Okay? In fact, if anything, this is about your children. It's not about you in that moment. When that emotion comes up, you're automatically making it about you. So you got to realize this isn't about me. So when that experience is there, this isn't about me. This is about the kids and maintaining a healthy relationship between them and their dad. That's it. And that really is it, isn't it? I mean, isn't that what you're up to as a human being? I mean, I'm reading between the lines a little here, but it sounds pretty consistent. Don't make that situation about you. Make it about being a conduit, being of service for them to have the relationship that they want with their dad because you've determined you don't want that relationship for yourself. And that's fine. And then always, by the way, you guys can fucking take this to the bank. Anytime you're in a negative spot, realize you're making it about you. That's the first step. What way am I making it about me? That's included there. And then how can I make this about something that's outside of me? That's your key, okay? I don't, quite frankly, don't care what you've been diagnosed with. That's all, you know, fine. So, you know, a perspective and a way for you to engage with what you're dealing with. And if it works for you and if it empowers you, then you can utilize it. And if it doesn't, then get it down to your experience. And you did in your email, like, you know, sweaty palms and racing heartbeat and da-da-da. That's my experience to myself. Okay, I got that. So what? And then it's like the fucking title of my first book. Get out of your head and into your life. Get engaged. 
Okay, you'll notice like when you're floored by this shit, you're getting more and more and more internal. Say this all the time. Your head is a fucking dangerous neighborhood. Stay out of there. Okay, if you're getting yourself in a dark spot or a negative spot, get up, get out, get into life. Go take a shower. Go get your fucking haircut. Go for a walk. Go for a drive. Order some food. Read a newspaper. Get engaged. Okay, even in a little way, get engaged. Okay, trim your fucking toenails. I don't know why I said that. But anyway, you get what I'm talking about, yes? All right, you guys. Yvonne Marie, thank you for your brilliant question. Thank you guys for being a part of the nation, what we're building here, what we're creating. I got fucking big things coming up. Really, you guys, we got so much coming up. There's new products coming to the Unfuck store. There are going to be some new t-shirts, mugs, maybe hats, certainly stickers. So there's stuff coming, new designs, okay? There's certainly stuff coming. But if you don't have the classic Unfuck Nation t-shirt, then you got to fucking get yourself one. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you. Have a wonderful week. And I'll see you on the flip side. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.